Welcome to Presbyterian Church of the Covenant. My name is Jason Warren Griffiths. I'm glad you're here. I'm the pastor. I got a couple announcements for us. One of them is there's a women's retreat coming up. And if you're a woman, if you want to take a wonderful world trip around the world, make sure you sign up for this thing. It's 190 bucks. You can't, you can't go around the world for cheaper than that anywhere else. It's not September 9th. That's the only misprint on this little green packet. The little... Uh, Make sure we pray for people in the prayer part, and then make sure there's uh, Operation Christmas Childs coming up. We need some leaders. Rob and Carrie always need leaders. If you've ever met a child or a student, you're, you're, you're equipped. Uh, Ash Wednesday's coming up. Today is actually Meet Your Deacon Sunday, afterwards in the Fellowship Hall, so Everybody's been assigned a deacon, and not everybody, you're just trying to throw me off. First, pause for a second, look at that man's shirt. Okay, um, anything else? Any other announcements I'm supposed to be saying? You got a quick announcement? So, uh, Session just approved a campaign for the students' ministry to start setting up a table for the month of March after worship, where they're going to be troubleshooting. Uh, technical difficulties that you might be having with a cell phone, with a laptop. Did you hear that? Just basic. We're like, we're setting up a genius bar. You know, like what are those things called? A genius bar. And all the kids are going to train us how to use the pocket computers we got nowadays. So we're just asking for uh, a minimal donation uh, that'll go to student ministries, but they'll help you, you know. Never like experience Facebook and you want to try downloading Facebook or you don't know how to get a certain app on your phone or your laptop won't log on to the internet. Simple things like that we can help you. So uh, for the month of March after service, we'll be doing that as a service. Excellent. That's kind of a good deal. All right, let's stand up and greet each other in the name of the Lord. All right, everybody, please stand. For this morning's call to worship. This, this is the day that the Lord has made. So you are listening. You are listening. I don't know if anybody knows me in here, but I got a trouble with slowing down. And I've been reading that verse a lot this week. And I've been hearing God say, slow down through that. This is God's day. Whatever you're thinking about, if it's not God, drop it to the floor. This is God's day. Let's rejoice and be glad in him. 
Let's hide in God this morning. We're going to sing a, a hymn, and we're going to go right when I say, let's do this. Send the students and children up. And that includes young and hard if you choose to join us. Wow. Good group this morning. Good morning. Oh, you're not awake yet. Good morning. Now you're awake. Let's go. To, today, this morning, I, I want to talk about um, um, the Lenten season that's coming up. But, but first, um, I want you to think about your favorite toy or your favorite food. So think about it. Think about your favorite toy and your favorite food. Now, here comes the hard question. I bet some of you were thinking as well. Here comes the hard question. Stand up if you'd be willing to give it up for 40 days. Well, then I have an important lesson for you this morning. The season of Lenten is the Christian celebration of the 40 days between Ash Wednesday, which is coming up a week from this Wednesday, till Easter. And then I have a little surprise for you at the end. It's a surprise announcement, uh, those 40 days. And, and it's based on the fact that after Jesus was baptized by his cousin, 
He went into the wilderness in the desert and he fasted for 40 days. He could do that because he's Christ, the Son of God. I don't think any of us here could last 40 days without food or water. Agree if you raise your hand. Okay, great. All right. So, but we can give up some things during Lent. It's a time for us to also follow Jesus' example and give up something for, for, for Lent. And because Christ gave up food, a lot of people like to give up a food item. I have a sister-in-law who always gives up coffee, and she calls it the worst sacrifice she's ever given. Um, but um, others. Some people have now turned it over into, instead of giving up something, take on something. Take on something. So think about something that someone in your family does for you that you don't do. Would you be willing to take that on and tell that person for the next 40 days or as many of them as I can, I'm going to help you with that. Raise your hand if you think that something like that might be something you could take on. Can you think of anything at school that you could take on? What about you're on the playground and then you see a lonely person standing over there and you decide for the next 40 days, when I go to recess or a break time, I'm going to look for that lonely person and I'm going to go and say hello to them and I'm going to ask them what's their favorite toy I'm going to ask them what's their favorite food and start a conversation with them. And you have taken on becoming a disciple of Christ when you do that. And so the Lenten season is very important. But here at church, during Advent, we usually have books for sale. Well, they're not for sale. It's a donation. And I'm going to show the congregation up here what it is. I'm going to show you what it is. It's a booklet here because I took a picture of it to put on the slide so the rest of you can see. So let's see. Turn me on and let's see. Um, there. There it is. It's a booklet and we usually only have one. And this year we have two booklets up there because we are also taking on something new. And the first one booklet is um, called Su Suffering from Suffering to Salvation by Henry J. Nguyen. And so I'm going to show the audience the book, and, and I'm going to show you the book. This is the book they're looking at up there. It's a book of daily devotionals taken from a famous author who's written over 39 books about Christ and taking on suffering and taking on contemplation time. And that's mainly for the older people and the adults. But this time we're adding something new, and I'm going to go to the next one. Whoops, go back. Okay. This one's called, I'll show you because they're looking up there, it's called Treasures in Jars of Clay, Family Devotions and Activities for Lent by Steve and Stu Givens. And what they've done is they put together family time for Lent so that you can, Lent is sometimes a do-it-by-yourself thing, but this year we want to encourage you. And what the booklet does is, it encourages families, if they get that booklet, to get a bowl or a jar 
or something, and then go through some activities. And I'm just going to kind of mention the first one since this is new. It's a three-part family uh, activity that can be done after dinner or before bedtime. And it has three parts. It has a listen part. It has a be still part. It has an act part, which has an activity for families to do. And then it ends with prayer. And there's one for every day through the 40 days of Lent. And, and so I'm going to kind of share with you, since this is new, and, and Danny, it's brief. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> well, if you think I've gone over time, just give me a da-da-da-dum on the piano. Anyway, you open the book to Ash Wednesday. And if you are gathered around a table with your family or your friends or somebody, maybe you have a, a, an adult group that you would like to start this with, uh, do it. And it says, but we have treasure in clay, in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. And it, that's a quote from Corinthians 4, verse 7. So it's scripture-based. Then there's the be still. And it asks you just to be still, enjoy the quiet, slow down, like um, Jason, uh, Pastor Jason asked us to. And, and then it says, ask yourself, what is Jesus saying to you today? What can you give up? What can you take on that makes the world a better place? And then there's the act part. There's an activity for you. In every one of them, there's an activity of family. The first activity, it says, on a piece of paper, write something that you are very good at. Then put it in the jar. Put it in the jar and share what you wrote down with your family afterwards. And the jar will get these things every day through the 40 days. And at the end, you kind of sit down and pull them out. And, and, and it's kind of a fun activity. Or you, don't, you can do something else with it. It's your choice. And then it always ends with the same prayer. I'm going to read the prayer adapted for us today so that, Danny, this closes my moment with the children and youth. <laughs> let's pray. Our, let's bow our heads. Jesus, walk beside us as we approach the season of Lent. Let, it, let us live in us. Help us find you t today. Forgive us. Fill our life with everything you know we need, and that will always be enough. Amen. Now, I told you I had a, a surprise thing for you. If you count on your calendar the days from Ash Wednesday to Saturday before Easter, it's more than 40 days. The church has said Saturdays are free days. So the calendar doesn't count Saturday. So if you count the 40, that's it, free days. But you know what? I never gave up the free day, and you have that choice too. All right, let's stand, and let's move to our Sunday school lesson this morning, which is about sheep. Be still, 
there is a healer. His love is deeper than the sea. His mercy is unfailing. His arms a fortress for the weak. Let faith arise, let faith arise, I lift my hands to believe again, you are my refuge, you are my strength, as I pour out my heart, these things I remember. Let 
This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. All I have within me, I give you praise. And all that I adore is in you. Lord, I give you my heart, give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. This is my desire to honor you, Lord, with all my heart. I worship you, all I have within me, I give you praise, all that I adore is in you, Lord I give you my heart, give you my soul, that I take every moment I'm away Lord have your way in me Lord I give you my heart give you my soul I live for you alone every breath that I take every moment I'm away Lord have your way in me Lord I give you my heart give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, Lord, have your way in me. Have your way. That are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all. My eyes are on you, it is well with me. 
thrown thrown into the midst of the sea. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. It is well, it is well. So let go, my soul. And trust in Him, the waves and wind still know His name. So let go, my soul, and trust in Him, the waves and wind still know His name. So let go, my soul, and trust and wind still know his name the waves and wind still know his name and it is well with my soul Remember that our Lord Jesus Christ can sympathize with us in our weakness, since in every respect he was tempted as we are, 
but yet without sin. Let us with boldness approach the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Together, let us confess our sins against God and neighbor. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, whose face is hidden from us by our sins, and whose mercy we forget in the blindness of our hearts. Cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires, that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you, confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you a refuge and strength. Through Jesus Christ, your Son. Amen. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. I declare to you in the name of Christ Jesus that you, we are forgiven. May the God of mercy who forgives all of our sins strengthen us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit keep all of us in eternal life. Amen.
Well done. Well, back in January, January 26th, uh, the sermon ended with, we, we were studying the first chapter of John, and if you recall, I said, hey, let's get covered in the dust of our rabbi, Jesus Christ. Is it, was anybody here that, that Sunday? Wonderful. Because that's kind of where we, we ended there, John, and then we picked up Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, and we're studying Matthew chapter 5 for our, our hearts and our lives for Lent. And what does it mean to be covered in the dust of Jesus the Christ? And the first thing we learned as we started Matthew chapter 5 was Jesus was all about the kingdom of God. Being here but not yet. And what I mean by I say that is, let's picture this is the kingdom of God. This wall right here. And all of history up to that point the people of God the Jews were looking at that and saying the kingdom of God is a destination and we're working towards that and then we're going to be with the kingdom triumphant after that point and I think we as followers of Jesus fall into that category a lot. Bob Dylan puts it, instead of dying to live, they are living to die. And I think we've missed this gospel message. Remember, I've talked a lot about good news and what that is, and how is it that the kingdom of God being present is good news is what Jesus was proclaiming. And so at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, okay, this is what the kingdom of God, this is what covering in the dust of Jesus Christ looks like. The kingdom of God isn't a point and then for all of eternity... The kingdom is here, but not yet. And he moves into time and space. And he says, we make Jesus our Lord, and we are in the kingdom of God. And so it's here, but that day is still coming where all of eternity he will be triumphant. Is that clearer? Because I've been wrestling. It's hard to put words around this. And there's a reason why the church is kind of steered away from it. This is difficult. This is difficult to understand. This isn't simple. You know what I mean? I guess that's the opposite of difficult, right? Anyway, good job. You got your hair done, Kim. Good job. This is fun being out here. Okay. I got one of these wireless mics. How you doing, Lewis? You want a burger? I'm just kidding. Um, So then he steps in here and he says, the Sermon on the Mount. And notice he's sitting down. 
If anybody was here last Sunday to, see, to witness the amazingness of Sharon, Reverend Sharon. Ow! She was sitting, and, and that's more what it was like. And by the way, last year, I was just coming back from my first trip to Israel. And what surprised me most was where the Sermon on the Mount, it's volcanic rock. It's black. It looks like another planet. Oh, technology next week. Or I, whoever shows up, Danny promises, will teach everyone how to turn their phones off. <laughs> Boom. That was his comment that he was going to say. Anyway, Jesus kicks off the Sermon on the Mountain. He says, you know what? I'm in breaking of the kingdom triumphant now. This, the rich aren't on top. Blessed are the poor. Those people that are happy and skipping all the time, they're not on top. In this realm, it's the poor in spirit and those that mourn and those that ache with those who ache. And so he's setting up, he's, de- he's defining and inviting into this kingdom breaking into the kingdom of the now. And so he says all the Beatitudes, and then he defines everybody in the kingdom. He's back amongst you, but it's just I, I saw a lot of you going, <laughs> what's he look like still? Anyway, so I moved back up here. But picture I'm still there, because that's what Jesus is saying. And he's saying we play by different rules. And we have new identities. And Sharon was sharing about that last, last week. We are salt. We are light. Who in here, here were like touched by that salt packet sometime during the week? I left it in my car. And it just reminded me, that teaches a lesson in and of itself. We all kind of think that this is the big show. We work towards our Sunday mornings, and this is when we gather together. But actually, the big show is when we start throughout our week where we're the salt. Right now, we're a bunch of salt and a salt shaker. Remember, there was a book out there in the 70s called Out of the Salt Shaker. If you took a sip of this room right now, you'd get sodium poisoning. I don't know if that's a thing, but the big show is actually when we leave here. And we are covered in the dust of our rabbi, and we are the salt, and we're the light, and the world is craving what we have. So then he continues, and this is where we pick up. He says this in verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. 
But whoever does not does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard it that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to to judgment, and if you insult a brother or sister, and you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go first to be reconciled to your brother or your sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. This is the word of the Lord. He's just come off of saying, he's sitting in the midst of us, and he said, you know, you got we're salt and we're light. And then he says, don't, don't, don't think that the whole First Testament and the law is obsolete. And he's speaking from amidst us still. In this kingdom, in this kingdom of, of heaven breaking into the kingdom of now, the word of God is still the word of God. The law is still the law. God is holy. And he says, I've come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. To be the answer on behalf of all of us. To the question, how do you live by this law? His answer, follow me, I'm the answer. And he raises the stakes and he says, in fact, in this kingdom, in this kingdom of heaven, our righteousness is to supersede, is to be more than the righteous of the righteous up to this point. How do we do that? We say, hey, let's get covered in the dust of our rabbi. And then he says stuff like this. And you're like, I'm shaking in my boots. I don't know about you. A couple years ago, I was living in Michigan. It's crazy. At this time, two years ago, we were selling a house. And it went on the market on Valentine's Day. We sold it today. Just to let you know a little about myself. And to let you know that right when I came back here to California, I went to the presbytery meeting, and there was this young kid, 23-year-old. It was a pastor. It was full of the presbyteries. You know, have you met Presbyterians? Look to your right and to your left. There's a couple of us in here. 
And so this young buck, this 23-year-old kid, stands up, and he had memorized the Sermon on the Mount. And so he's saying this word for word. And right at this point, where we're to supersede the righteous, I noticed all of the pastors and all the elders were like, uh, what is this? We were all shaking in our boots. We were all squirming a little bit. This is hard sayings. This is hard truth. And he, he does this for a reason. He's, he shakes us up. He gets us to think in the kingdom triumphant, totally different set of rules, totally different set of important things, totally different. But we're here. And how are we supposed to live and what are we called to in the midst of that now? How are we supposed to supersede the righteous of, of the Pharisees? And he answers it with the next section of his sermon. What does he say? It's about the heart. It's about the heart. I'm a big fan. Like, I overstate things. Have you ever met me? I, I, I make absolute statements. So I'm trying not to do that right now. But I want to say, Jesus doesn't really care about what we do. He cares about why we do everything. And this is still earth-shattering for everybody in this room, including myself. In certain ways, it's way easier. In certain ways, it's way more difficult. I grew up with a Jewish friend, and he would always say, Jason, you have it easy. I'm a Jew. I got all these rules. And I always come back with them with this, this truth right here. My Messiah, my Lord, my King says that I'm supposed to outdo you somehow. You know how he says to do it? It's not by doing. I don't outdo you by doing. The only way is via faith and a total and utter, complete heart transplant. The only way I'm to be more righteous than any Pharisee is that if God puts his heart in me via faith. And this is known as the, you've heard it said. Because he says, you've heard it said, you know, you're not supposed to kill somebody. No, duh. <laughs> right? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know, I'm not supposed to murder this man right now? Okay. Man, I'm really righteous. No, no. Jesus says, I don't want you to hate people. I want your insides to be like the insides of me that loved you when you were running away from me. 
I want your insides to match me so much so that you love people that hate you. I remember I worked at Forest Home a long time. Um, and I remember my boss teaching me this huge lesson that Jesus teaches right here. Um, one time he was, he was he, we were doing the, uh, the Lord's Supper, and it was like a Thursday, in the middle of the summer, we were doing a summer camp. And my boss got up and he said, I get the sense that there's people in here that have major problems with other people in here. And we can't come to the table like this. And like an arrow, it went straight to me. Because to be honest with you, I couldn't stand my roommate at that point. We'd been living together, you know, like we'd been sharing a room. And he was a pig, just to get it straight. He was a slob. But I remember it going straight to my heart, and I remember thinking, how dare I not like that young man? When my heavenly father gave his one and only son for that man, And I remember going up to him, and his name was Clay Napier. We called him the Frenchman. He's honestly one of the best friends I've ever had in my life. He's got a soul brother. But I remember thinking, man, you are, I've been treating you like a jerk, and I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he said, you know what? You're way worse than me, Jason. And you need to, <laughs> I need to ask for your forgiveness. Because why don't you ever, he just listed all this stuff. And I was like, I am a worse person than him. <laughs> but there's a lesson in there in that we, we, we go through life and we slap band-aids on stuff. And we cover over our heart with platitudes and silliness and dressing up and making ourselves look better and all this other stuff. And Jesus, when he gets to the chase, he says, you know what? All that stuff doesn't matter in this place. All that stuff doesn't matter when you put me on the throne of your life. When you put me on the throne of your life, you don't go another a second without rectifying with your brother and sister. And another point, somebody from Pharisee says, what's the most important thing to do? And he says, you know what? It's to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and connected to that and connected to that. And part of that is loving your brother and your sister. How dare you present my gospel to the world without first getting it right? I, he's, our Heavenly Father is a Appalled. You ever have, you know, being dad, who's been a dad or a mom? Who's a dad or a mom in this room? Right? You ever driving down the street and you look in the back and it's World War III and your kids are stabbing each other in the eye with pencils and stuff like that? And you turn around and you say, what the heck? You guys, your, your brother and your sister, there's nobody else for you more. 
I'm sure he's looking down here on most Sundays or most days of the week, and he's just saying, are you kidding me? You're really bickering about that? You're really fighting about that? You really have that as a problem? You don't understand. You're apologetic to the world. Your defense of whether I'm true or not is how much you love one another and how much you get off of the stupid stuff and get on to the good stuff. That reminds me. This is just a, this is a separate sermon. On my way to preaching, don't throw every need you've ever had in your life at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just, it was crazy. I, I was from here to there, I was presented with 30 different problems that this, this congregation has. I want to turn you all around and sick you on one another. <laughs> Work it out. Right? Amen. And, he, and he's, he's saying this stuff. It's harsh, harsh stuff, but it's so, so freeing. It's not about doing. He's done all the work. He did all of it. He was holy on our behalf. He was beaten on our behalf. He was crucified on our behalf. He rose again so that we might live into who we really are, and we're stuck in that. We're still beating each other up. We're still messing around. Application, simple, 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 simple. Plead with your heavenly Father for a heart transplant. Plead with your, the Holy Spirit to show up and work through you that you might love like you've been loved. Plead with the Heavenly Father for more faith to know the truth that it, it was all done. Let's stand. Turn to your person on your right, turn to your person on your left, and you say, I love you. And there's a couple of married couples in here and dating people. You're cheating. You're cheating. Raise your hand if you're in need of a heart transplant. And know that what Amy said was true. That's worked in our weekly worship service. The Reformed tradition, our church fathers and mothers, Saul, this message is so crucial. Let's say it every week. We come in here, and our prayer confession is, I need a heart transplant yet again. Father, I messed up again. I'm sorry I'm such a dummy, but I just can't get this. 
And then those true words that Amy said, what were those true words? Say them again loud. Turn her mic on, actually. She has a mic on her head or no? That's all right. It was something like, in the name of Jesus the Christ, you are forgiven. And everybody said, Amen. Let's sing. part of the service where we participate by giving our tithes and our offerings. Our tithes and offerings are now received.
be seated. And now let us go before God in prayer. God of peace, we come before you giving thanks for the gift of this beautiful day and for the light and promise you order to the world. Gracious God, you sent Jesus Christ to break down walls that divide us. We pray for peace, for this planet is so filled with problems. Put down greed, pride, and anger, which turn nation against nation and people against people. We pray for peace in our world, with countries at odds with one another. The United States and Taliban reached an agreement on Friday to reduce violence for seven days. We pray that this may be the beginning of larger peace deals after so much fighting for so many years. We pray for peace within our nation. We pray that racism, prejudice, and anti-Semitism be abolished until people can live together in peace. We pray that you will strengthen this nation to pursue just priorities and that you direct those who make, administer, and judge our laws. We pray that the election process may be conducted in fairness and that voters carefully weigh the qualities of the candidates before voting. We pray for peace in our neighborhoods. We pray that you will keep all in peace and safety. We pray that services are made available for the needy and that individual humanities are respected. We pray for those who have lost hope, that they may be reassured of their worth. We pray for peace in our families, which are often a place of strained relations. We pray for all with challenging situation, that hurts may be mended and family rifts healed. Heal circumstances. Give your people that peace that surpasses human understanding. Merciful God, you bear the pain of the world. Look with compassion on those who are sick, especially Sylvia Smith and John M., who is back in the hospital. Give them the assurance that nothing can separate them from your love. Heal all who are ill with the flu and bring a halt to the coronavirus that is affecting and killing so many. Strengthen this congregation in its work and worship. Fill our hearts with your self-giving love and send us forth to share it to all we meet. O oh God, in your loving purpose, answer our prayers and fulfill our hopes. In all things for which we pray, give us the will to bring them about for the sake of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand as we give God the glory in song. I love that line, the vilest offender. Is there anyone here ever feel like the vilest offender? That's me too. I feel like that a bunch. Uh, but we come to our Savior and it's all washed clean. There's a couple of you I think need to make some things right with some brothers and sisters. Don't wait. Get that done this week and, and taste the freedom 
May God's face shine upon you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your heart and your mind today, tomorrow, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.